When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Sixer Sense Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas, with Jonathan. We are on episode 301. If you missed our 300th episode, make sure you check it out on Spotify or Apple, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast because it is certainly a good listen. But we are recording the second night of the NBA season. The Sixers play the, the following night, Thursday night. We are recording on Wednesday night. And Jonathan, we're going to get some things to talk about, don't we? We do. It is uh, back. NBA basketball is officially back. It's back. Back again. Shady's back. Tell a friend. Yeah, I'm that old. I'm that old. Yeah, that's right. I like me some Slim Shady. But I also like me some Sixers basketball. And that's what we're going to talk about first. Uh, We have not recorded since the last uh, preseason game for the Sixers. They played the Atlanta Hawks, which they won 120 to 106. The only person that did not play that was on the injury report was James Harden, who was not with the team at the time. We'll get into more of that later. But, Jonathan, let me ask you this. What was the good in this game? I was really impressed with Maxie's assists. Like, putting up 12 assists just gives you a little more comfort that with Harden, which we'll get into in a little bit, that Maxie might have the skills to be able to run the point guard. So, Honestly, I, I, we know he can score, but putting up 12 assists from Maxi was what I thought the good was. How about you? Yeah, look, the 12 assists and four turnovers is not great, but it's expected if you're going to be that high of a playmaker. And it also shows me in years past, I think we can both agree to this, that Maxi was kind of afraid to make the, t- you know, the, the quick reads and was ultra protective of the ball, which is good. Except when you're trying to be point guard, sometimes you got to make the the split hair decisions. Got to sometimes thread the needle, or sometimes make a risky pass. And this game kind of showed me that he was okay with not doing that. You know, four turnovers, not great, but not bad, all things considered. The shot volume, I wish, was a little bit higher. I'm not gonna lie, but that's partially to do because um, you know Embiid was back and uh, somebody else really shined too, but. Is Tyrese Maxey the only good that you saw in this game? You're not going to talk about your guy coming off the bench? I mean, yeah, Oubre. He, he put up 11. I mean, 0 for 4 from 3. That's why I, we know he can knock down shots, but he's a little streaky. So not as impressive to me as what I was looking for with Maxey. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he played fine, I thought. Yeah. No, I thought so, too. Uh, I'm going to shout out DeAnthony Melton, 29 points on 11 of 16 shooting, 6 of 10 from the three-point line. Uh, overall, complete game for Melton. Obviously, that's not his normal. He's not going to sh- score that much, but gosh, it was nice to see somebody step up. Melton certainly did. Uh, this was, uh, besides that, uh, I mean, Tobias did not have the highest volume, but he only played 25 minutes. And outside of that, you know, Paul Reed did Paul Reed things, you know. Low shots, but that's okay. He did a little bit of everything else. Kelly Oubre, besides the three-point shooting, like you said. I was impressed with Korkmaz. I was. He came out there. He attacked. He he shot uh, well. I thought he played good. Plus six. I, I was okay with uh, seeing a little bit of Korkmaz. Pop the cork. Yeah, I guess. Oh, gosh. Why why you got to be such a hater? Maybe, maybe he'll turn things around this season. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, who knows who's going to be in the rotation this year. 
Uh, no clear indications there, but we'll talk about that more later. What was the bad for you in this game? Yeah, so, I mean, you touched on it quickly. I mean, Maxi getting four turnovers, not great, but also Embiid getting three. We had 20 turnovers as a team. you got to protect the ball. I mean, the Hawks had more, but for us, I just think 20 is a lot. Um, and Embiid having three, probably like, you know, we know he gets the ball. He's a good passer out of the post usually. Um, but we just got to take care of the ball more. That, well, that's I mean, like three is like close to average for Joel. I'm not worried about those two because they're high usage players. I'm worried about the other guys. Yeah. You had Paul Reed, Pat Bev, and Kelly Oubre all have tur- two turnovers each. You also had Melton have two turnovers. And then a lot of other guys. There were only two players that did not have any t- turnovers. Jaden Springer, whoop, whoop, who hit both of his three-point attempts in 13 minutes, and Daniel Haas Jr. Who, I mean, had a plus 19, which is actually really good, but I, he didn't he didn't wow me with his play. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Anything Anything else? Any players that you were not happy with? I mean, I, I, it's not that I wasn't happy with Oubre. It's just that I, I know he's streaky and we were as yeah. – go back and listen to the 300th episode. We were, your eye and I were hyping him up. So a little disappointed, but uh, no. Nah. I mean, I, I don't think any specific players were too awful. Do you? No, no. I, I mean, look, Daniel House didn't necessarily show out, but he didn't have a lot of time. Um, I'm surprised Danny Green made the roster. Danny Green is going to be on the opening night roster. I think we both agree yeah. he looks a little slow and step. But, yep. I mean, he can still hit shots, and he's, you know, a smart defender at the very least. So that, that was good. Uh, besides that, the only other thing I want to say that I wasn't happy about was the defense. Defense in terms of guarding guys like DeJounte. Well, I mean, Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. Guarding guards, I mean, that's always been a weakness. We don't, I mean, it's been better. I mean, Melton did a good job, and so did Pat Bev. But, I mean, I'm talking more like the wing guys. You know, like, Sadiq Bey had 13 points on seven shots. Clint Capella had a game. Uh, was it Clint Capella? No, my bad, not Clint Capella. Um, Oyeki Okongwu had 14 points in just 21 minutes. So, like, you got to slow down role players but overall i think it was a good game i mean i don't expect the hawks to be all that good this year so i'm okay with you know it is what it is yeah yeah but who's your player of the game for the sixers in this game so you said it as the good it's d'anthony melton i mean 29 points on six of 10 from three 11 of 16 from the field Look, he this might be a thing for him. Without Harden in the lineup, there's going to be lots of shots available. And honestly, I expected most of them to go to Tobias because he kind of seems like the next person to, to take those shots. But Melton had the open and was open. He took those shots and knocked them down. So um, especially if Tyrese is running the point, Tyrese will be taking less shots. So I think that Melton showed that he can step up. I don't know that this can be consistent, but I was encouraged for sure. Who was your player of the game? I mean, it's Melton, too. I wouldn't go that far. I think he just had a good game. I, I, you know, I, I expect, fully expect, you know, Tyrese Maxey to be the second leading scorer and Tobias Harris to be the third leading scorer. But could could it be another career season for Melton if Harden doesn't play? Sure. But speaking of Harden, there's a lot to unpack here, Jonathan, right? Yes, there is. So reported earlier today that Harden came back this afternoon with the intention of practicing and trying to travel to Milwaukee. Less than an hour later, it was reported that uh, the Sixers asked him to stay home for the first two road games in Milwaukee and Toronto. So let's just start with the beginning. Him coming back, good or bad? It's good. Look, if he can play, first off, that's always going to do well for the Sixers. And it might help him boost his trade value, which we'll definitely talk about here in a minute. I guess the only thing is what's his attitude, but I think that's going to change based off the next thing that you say too. Absolutely. So I did tease it for a bit or a minute ago. Harden won't play in the first two games. His debut will be Sunday against the Portland Trailblazers at home in the home opener. So you think he's going to get booed? I, I don't know. What do you think? You live closer to Philly than I do. Yeah, so when I I saw this on the agenda, my initial reaction was like, no way. Like, no way. And then I sat with it for a minute, and I was like, you know what? Like, if if anywhere is going to boo him, it's Philly, and they kind of have a right to. Not like – I'm not saying we should boo players, but I wouldn't – 
like I would understand it, especially after how the season ended last year and all the drama this offseason. I think some people will boo him. Yeah, I think some people will. I don't think the majority of the crowd will. I yeah, would be I, interested I, to see how he reacts to being booed, though. That's that's the real question that I did not well, include on. Yeah. I, I mean, well, it kind of leads into the next question. Like, whether or not he's booed, do you expect his full effort? Do you think he's going to go out there and just, like, dribble around and, and just do that to say he showed up? Or do you think he's going to actually try? Look, I, I think he made it clear that the only person he has a problem with is Daryl Morey. So I, I, and he wants to play basketball. I suspect that if he wants a trade to happen, which we'll talk about why it may, it may take even longer now in a minute, but I suspect that he knows that he has to come out here and play and not just be a problem. I, I, if he, if he wanted to be a problem, he would have just stayed away. Right. So you would hope you would hope you would hope. So that's, that's, that's the optimist in me. Yeah. And then in the, even later this evening, even more news, it said that, that Woj said that the Clippers are taking a step back from Harden talks to focus on what they have to start the season. So, I mean, I'll just the first question is, do you think the Sixers missed their chance to trade Harden specifically kind of to the Clippers? I think there will always be something that opens up. Will it be a good offer? Yet to be seen. But I I think that they're at the trade deadline. Something's going to shake loose, if nothing else. I do think it'll probably be later in the season. I, I never thought that it would be before the season. Daryl Morey's not that kind of reactive guy, but yeah. So will the Clippers be one of those teams that come back at the trading deadline or will like another team emerge? I look, I don't think the Clippers should because I like their roster as is if healthy. Cause I think Westbrook is the perfect point guard to put next to Kawhi and PG. Cause I mean, granted, they they it would be better if they had a spacing three point shooting big, but I mean, still, despite the lack of elite spacing there, you still have three wings and Tra- Terrence Mann, who's going to be starting now. He's off the market. If you didn't, I don't know if you saw that little tidbit of news, but he's going to be yeah. starting for them, which ma- basically makes it feels like he's off the market. Then you have you know Paul George and Ka- Kawhi Leonard, who are really good three point shooters. So. I think combine that with Russ. I if I'm the Clippers, I don't think I need. I don't. I I'm looking for a backup because I I trust Russ as a starting point guard with that group. With that group, I yeah. like him as a starting starting point. Guard. So I think I had said that like back in the summer when yeah. uh, Maury originally said like, oh, I'm taking Harden off the trading block. I was like, why is he even saying that? Like that was my first thought. Like, why do you need to publicly say that? I think that this was smart for the Clippers to publicly say this. I think. Telling everyone, like, hey, we're focused on the people in this building. We're going to move forward. It kind of takes a little bit of the drama. I mean, I don't think that Clippers or, like, players or fans were buying into it. But just by getting ahead of it, saying, hey, look, we know there's a lot of talk around this, but this is not serious. Like, we're focused on us starting the season as is right now. I think it was smart for them to get ahead of that. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's good for their players. I think it's good for the organization. And like I said, I, I don't think James Harden is the best fit there. But I guess to answer the second part of your question, is there another team that comes to the table and yeah. who? Look, there are options. Look, I think it just depends on how seasons go. Look, if you're Miami and you start out slow, do you entertain swapping Tyler Hero for James Harden? I would. James Harden. I just fits. don't think they do that. I don't think they do either, but, you know, one can hope. And honestly, like, we're not going to trade, you know, secondary parts for James Harden. So it's either Tyler Hero, nothing for the Heat. I think maybe if I, I think it just depends. Like obviously, we talked about the Raptors before. If they have a slow start, or and they want to tank, maybe they take on James Harden. And we can get Pascal Siakam if we trade James in a pick or obviously we talked about the bulls before either one of their perimeter stars could be a good fit. I I said the Houston Rockets in the past. I, I, who knows on that? If, if they want to trade for James Harden, something's severely went wrong with Fred Van Vliet. And I don't want Fred Van Vliet if that's the case. Uh, So yeah, no, I mean, look, there, there are options. Maybe the Pelicans get desperate enough. Maybe CJ McCollum's not enough for them. Maybe they'd be willing to. Tr- I, who knows? Or maybe maybe Memphis starts out to a slow start. They have the assets to do a trade. I don't think they yeah, would. Yeah, I think 
I think you got to wait and see, but I agree that I think there's going to be some teams emerging that are underperforming. Um, yeah. But in regards to Harden, I mean, maybe he kind of got knew ahead of time that the Clippers were pulling out. Maybe that's why he showed up with his bags. That's back. what I was thinking. I was so, like, why did he make this decision now? Unless he heard through the grapevine, uh, shout out to Marvin Gaye there. That yeah. So I mean, well, I, yeah, I agree with you. But I, and go on on that point. But also, do you think this impacts how he's going to approach playing? I think so. I think the fact that he came back and the the news about the Clippers came out a couple hours after him coming back came out. I think that there. I think if the NBA investigates it or not is not up to me. But I think the, those those that correlation is clearly on the same page. I think he will try. I, I think he will. With that being said, because I don't. I think he realizes that the Clippers were the only team wanting him, and now that only nobody one. wants him at this time, he needs to come out and show them why they want him. They were the only one. Only one that wanted him. Guy that won an MVP, three-time scoring champ, two-time assist champ. No, three-time assist champ with this past season, right? So, yeah. Yeah, of all the accolades, but if you're not – if you're becoming too much of a problem, you know, not a good thing. Yeah, I I think that he will also have to try to play. He now realizes that his back's against the wall. But, yeah, we can go to the uh, next topic. I know you're excited. Yes, so – after we went over the ESPN Top 100 a few weeks ago, I decided to make the 60 seconds version of this. Let me tell you something, Jonathan. It was hard. And I know I'm going to make some people mad here, but that's okay. I might make you mad. I probably will, but that's okay. Because this is my list, and the list is fluid. Like ESP, well, like Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, Stephen A. Smith's. This is a preseason ranking. I will do one a- after the season. But right now, uh, you know, right now, the list is fluid. So here's what we got. I got 12 honorable mentions before we get into the top 100, okay? No particular order here. Jeremy Shohan, Stephen Adams, Anthony Simons, Harrison Barnes, Shaden Sharp, Scoot Henderson, Mitchell Robinson, Emmanuel Quickly, Malcolm Brogdon, Colin Sexton, Benedict Matherin, Herb Jones. Anybody on that list that you think should be in the top 100? I think all of them are better than number 100. That's all I'll say. <laughs> well, I, so I made this list partially on last season, but also based off potential this season. Because if I didn't use any potential for this season, none of the rookies would be on here. So keep that in mind. Yeah. Number 100. I'm going to go in uh, groups of five. Okay. Number 100, Ben Simmons. 99, Jabari Smith Jr. 98, John Collins. 97, Jordan Poole. 95, Grant Williams. Besides Ben Simmons, any objections? No. I think, especially towards the bottom, like 80 to 100, I did go through this. No drastic objections, but yeah, we can go. Yeah, look, time. I mean, the, the, the thing is, is that the, the, the thing that separates these guys are so thin, like Chris used to say. It's hard to really, like, part of, part of it's projection, you know what I mean? It's just kind of hard to... Yeah. So let's go to the next five. 95, Chet Holgrim. 94, Jaden McDaniels. 93, Jonas Valanciunas. 92, D'Angelo Russell. After last night, I don't know if maybe I I was wrong to put D'Angelo Russell on this list. But uh, 91, Ivica Zubac. Any objections between 95 and 91? I just think that Chet Holmgren, and I know you wrote it in the article that he could be a top 30 in a few years, but I just think this is low. I know he hasn't played one second, but I uh, think 95 is pretty low. I mean, look, I was tempted. I'm not going to lie. But I also did not want to give Chris that satisfaction. True. That being said, no, I, I do think that 95 is fair because he, he he's a redshirt rookie. And it's kind of hard to really grade a guy that's never played. And like I said, I unless you're like the other rookie that I, I only have two rookies on this, and the other guy is much higher, but still people will say, oh, he's too low. And maybe that's true, but we haven't seen a minute of him playing yet. So that being said, 90 through 86, 90, Jalen Green, 89, R.J. Barrett, 88, Dylan Brooks. 87, Tobias Harris for Sixer sighting. 86, Michael Porter Jr. 
I appreciate Tobias Harris being on this list because I know Chris was like, he's not a top 100 player. Oh, That's he's totally crazy. a top 100 player. Yeah, so I think this is fine. I think he's somewhere in the 80s. I think Porter – we got to see. I know you got a lot of players left, but I think Michael Porter is top 70 maybe. I mean, I, like I said, the, the the margin between these guys are really small. Yeah. I, I, I took injury history into effect with him a little bit too. Fair. All right. 85, Keldon Johnson – 84, Keegan Murray. He could be much higher on this list, too. Uh, 83, Kayvon Looney. 82, Jordan Clarkson. 81, Nick Claxton. Yeah, I got no big issues here. Just similar, as I said, I I do think Porter Jr. is probably better than them. But like you said, margin's so thin. Yeah. 80, Lou Dort, or the Dorcher Chamber, as Chris used to call it. 79, Fred Van Vliet. By the way, I almost had Fred Van Vliet 88, but I had a friend talk me out of it when I was talking to him about it. I don't, I think Fred Van Vliet's going to slip fast, and I think it starts You're down year. on him. I, I am, I am. 78, Derek White. 77, Scotty Barnes. 76, Evan Mobley. I am huge on Evan Mobley. I genuinely think he's defense wins the defensive player of the year this year. Okay, that's awesome. But is he a center or power forward? Because if he's a power forward, he has to learn how to shoot. If he's a center, he needs to bulk up. It's simple he's as that. He's a power forward. Okay, then he needs to learn how to shoot this year. Otherwise, I think this ranking is appropriate because they can't okay. play him and Jared Allen at the same time if neither of them can shoot. Not in today's okay. NBA. It is not Fair. 2008 with Kevin Gar- uh, well, No, I can't even say that. It's not like 2010 with Glenn Davis and uh, Dwight Howard, okay? Yeah. Glenn Big Baby Davis. I loved me some Glenn Big Baby Davis. All right, next one. 75, CJ McCollum. 74, Nikola Vucevic. 73, Chris Paul. 72, Jalen Williams. 71, Cameron Johnson. The disrespect for Chris Paul. Look, Chris Paul is 37, like 36, 37 years old. I know. He's so he's going to be a reserve, and let's let's face it, his offensive touch has left him. He's still an elite point guard. He's still an elite playmaker. That's why he's in the top 100. But outside right. of that, what has what else does he have? His shot does not look like it's the same. He's lost a step on defense. The playmaking oh, is what wow. the point godness. The the playmaking is what keeps him in the top 100, and he's going to be reserved for most of the season once Draymond gets back. So I thought mid 70s was appropriate. All right, we will see. You're not going to fight me? See, this is the difference. You, I don't Chris, want to push back too much because, look, I think Chris Paul is still a top 50 player in the league. I don't know about that, dude. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I don't know. Oh, all, right. all right. 70, Marcus Smart. 69, Austin Reeves. 68, Josh Giddy. 67, Jared Allen. 66, Kyle Kuzma. Austin Reeves is a top 50 player in the league, too. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah. Not, not, yes, not, he not, is. Yet. not yet. Not yet. He, ha- he has to do it for a full season for me first, okay? Full he, season. The, what do you think about what he did in FIBA? That's awesome, but the FIBA team still didn't place gold. And we're talking NBA, not FIBA. Okay, he can still be a top 50 player and not bring them a gold medal. That's That should not be the... I know, other but players he, on he that wasn't list. even starting um, for them. He wasn't even starting for them, okay? Yes, I, all right. All right. He was closing he, games. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, 65, Devin Vassell. 64, Rudy Gobert. 63, Jeremy Grant. 62, Tyler Hero. 61, OG Ananobi. I'm all good here. All right. 
60, Miles Turner, 59, Bruce Brown, 58, Russell Westbrook. See, I don't give the same disrespect to Russell Westbrook as ESPN did. They had him at 94. I think 58 is more than appropriate. Uh, 57, DeAndre Aiden, and 56, Franz Wagner. Okay, so first off, Franz Wagner, I have winning most improved this year. I, um, I think he's a good candidate for it, sure. And uh, Russell Westbrook, look, I love Russell Westbrook, and I agree that 94 is disrespectful, but he is not a better player than Chris Paul. And 58, I, even mm, from a Russell Westbrook fan like me, I feel that is high. I I disagree. I think at this point, who could start – who would be a bigger star on a starting five for most NBA teams? I, I say Russell Brook, Westbrook. The only reason why we, we're – poo-pooing on Russell Westbrook right now is because his fit with the Lakers was so awful, his image still needs time to repair. That's that's my yeah. honest opinion, because I think okay. when he has the ball in his hands, he he was playing like with the Clippers like he did with the Wizards, okay? I, I think he can still play at that level of West, Russell Westbrook, which was pretty darn good. Okay. Okay, so besides Westbrook, you're good with that group? I am good with that group. All right. 55, Victor Wembenyama. 54, Aaron, uh, Andrew Wiggins. 53, Cade Cunningham. 52, DeJounte Murray. 51, Clay Thompson. Yeah, so I like that you have Victor up here, and I know similar you are saying that some people might say he's too low. I would just say that I think Chet and him should be closer together on this list because even though Victor has way more of the hype, he, he seems like he might be the better player. Chet has a year of practicing and like being involved, in, like not practicing, but being involved in an NBA locker room and just, like, being around that level of competition, I think they're going to start out the season closer than people think. I – look, I think outside of the scoring aspects, their skills are very similar, but I think in terms of pure scoring, Victor's just on a completely other level, dude. Like, I don't think Chet's going to be, like, a 20-point-per-game scorer for his career. But uh, I – yeah, we'll see. They're both. I, I think both of their talents are better on defense. So yeah. Oh uh, yeah, no, agreed, agreed. I'm just saying that's the. I think they're on a similar level defensively, playmaking wise, dribbling. But I think offensively is where the you know scoring wise is where the difference is. Okay. But you're but you're good with the rest of that list. I am. All right. So this is where it gets dicey, and I know we're going to disagree a lot on this. The next couple ones. Fifty. The mellow ball. Forty nine. Julius Randle, 58, I mean, not 58, 48, sorry, 48, Chris Middleton, 47, James Harden, 46, Jaron Jackson Jr. I think you're thinking that I'm Chris because I don't think we're going to disagree as much as you think. I do like that we're teasing right now that you have Harden lower than Maxi, which was a huge conversation that we had on the 300th episode last week. Um, I am not sure. I thought that was such a good conversation, and I know Max is on the next slide and gave that away, but I think that they are very close. Uh, I just love how much of a spark, heated debate it was with Chris saying, like, Harden's a top 20 player. He is not. I think he should fall in the 35 to 45 range. So, yeah, I like this. Yeah, look, I think that if James Harden doesn't sit out or cause – I mean, part of, like, I'm not going to lie and say that a little bit of this has to do with the off-court distraction. But the thing is, my main factors for this is that James Harden hasn't shown up in the playoffs consistently, and he's another year older. And he's already shown hey, that he's on a decline. So I totally understand the off-court distraction. We used to do this all the time when you and I would talk about Kyrie, where he would rank. I think if you take out – you have to include the whole player, and that yeah. includes some off-court stuff. Yeah. So you're okay with Jaron Jackson Jr., reigning defensive player of the year, being 46. Yeah, I think. I mean, dude, he fouls so much he can't even be on the floor. Thank you. Yes, he you, can't be on the floor. You can't even judge him as a player. Yeah, and he can't he's rebound. Defensive player of the year, he's, but he plays like 20 minutes a game. He's like 6'10", 6'11", and he can't rebound. Yeah. No, I agree. Ugh. Anyway. Tyrese Maxey, 45, Brooke Lopez, 44, Draymond Green, 43, Kristaps Porzingis, 42, Bradley Beal, 41. No issues on this, but I expect a surprise that I think Beal will be top 30 end of the year. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. He, didn't, he didn't play last night in the season opener. That was a good game, though. I stayed up to watch that game. That was a good game. Yeah. I regretted oh, no. yeah. this morning, but it was a good game. Devin Booker. 
looks like him. And, we'll and talk he about had that. he played like strict point guard for the like he's done it before. Four, yeah, but like the last key moment plays of the game, like he he just he made three assists in one minute and fifteen seconds. And they were no Suns player has done that in 15, 25 years. Yeah, that's Kevin Johnson. Just to put that in, at least Kevin Dang. was it Kevin that's Johnson? beyond Steve. That's probably Steve Nash. No, no, no. Steve Nash wasn't the point guard. In, what was it? Ninety. Hang on. Twenty five years ago, that was ninety eight. 98, Jason Kidd, either Jason Kidd or Kevin Johnson. Okay. I think it was one of those two. I can't tell you for sure, but Steve Nash was not the point guard at that point. I don't think so. Or if he was, he was just drafted. He was too young. All right. Anyway, but yeah, no, that's, that's what I got there. So 40, Aaron Gordon, 39, Paulo Bancaro, 38, Desmond Bain, 37, Lowry marketing and 36, Drew Holiday. So this is where I feel like when we're getting like around this, probably 40 and above, maybe 30 and above, mm-hmm. um, at least until you get into like the elite players, this is where it's going to be like nitpicking. I think Paolo yeah. Bancaro is better than everyone on this slide. Wow. Uh, I He's a rookie, love. man, and he was so inefficient. He has to show me that I, he can be more efficient and more well-rounded game. That's fair, but I think that he is like he's NBA, he was NBA ready the day he got drafted. Oh yeah, no, he's NBA ready. Don't get me don't get it twisted. He's one of few rookies that averaged over twenty points. I'm not trying to discount the guy. I think scoring wise, he's he's elite, but he has to yeah he has to mold the rest of his game. That's why I have him so low. I'm surprised you're not mad about Aaron Gordon being a top forty player over Draymond Green. Dude, I don't. I'm not high on Draymond Green. Uh, okay. I think you can say that yeah, maybe Aaron Gordon isn't a top forty player. I mean, he had a huge resurgence with the Nuggets, and he was yeah, he a looks beast so early on with the, the Magic. Right? Yeah, he looks, he so looks good. good. You know the player that probably made the biggest jump from last year on it from any list at the beginning of last season yeah. was Lowry Marketing. We weren't yeah, even thinking no. of him as a top 100 player, or maybe if we he was, he was like an 80s or 90s guy. Now he's 37. He was a beast. Yeah, for sure. 35, DeMar DeRozan, 34, Darius Garland, 33, Zach Levine, 32, Mikkel Bridges, 31, Brandon Ingram. Yeah, honestly, I like these five. I think this is – we're in the 30 to 40. I think these 10 players you got, like, right, maybe one or two move up and down, but I think these are these are good. Yeah, I think so too. 30, Carl Anthony Towns, 29, De'Aaron Fox, 28, Jalen Brunson, 27, Pascal Siakam, 26, Trey Young. Fox is better than everyone on this list. And he's maybe, he's only been a good shooter too. for one season. Give me another season of good shooting, then I'll put him up higher. But one season okay. is not enough. You got to show me a little bit beyond more. the shooting. I wasn't even thinking about the shooting, like just everything he brings. But that is a fair point. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking of. Can he duplicate? And, and Trey Young was horrific. About, that's, I, let me yeah, just say, just Trey Young say. last season was horrific. As a shooter. Dude, I was just about to say, who knows what Trey Young's going to be? Like, he could fall out of the top 40. Yeah, he could. Like, he could become a sixth man because he can't shoot efficient enough. And honestly, the ego with Trey Young kind of drives me nuts. I don't like his ego. He needs to shave his head because clearly there, there's some – he don't got the full head there, full hair there, you know. Yeah. Just saying. But, no, I, I think 26 is me being generous to Trey Young, if I'm being completely honest. I, I agree. 25, DeMontis Sabonis, 24, Tyrese Halliburton, 23, Kawhi Leonard, 22, Bam Adebayo, 21, Paul George. I, now, dude, I, I, know, I know we're going to talk about this one. We, we got to talk about it. Go ahead. I mean, I assume it's Kawhi because of the, the health, but, like, come on. When healthy, he's a top 10, maybe top 8 player in the league. And I said that in the article. I said that. I know, I know, but I, I still think just ranking him here, I don't know. That's, Look, that's, how, some, that's some disrespect. Never, he hasn't been reliable for the past four or five seasons. Why should I put is him it, in the top It's like a two-time finals MVP. He's still elite. Okay, okay. Let me ask you this. We can say that in terms of being games being able to play, being able to play an amount of games, being available, and maybe not for the same reasons, but I would suspect close to the same, Kyrie and Kawhi Leonard, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. So, should I hold Kyrie to the same standard? Because I did in the next slide. Like, he's in the very next slide. Yeah, but dude... 
Like that's I, I can't I can't in good faith put a guy who like acts like he's fine one minute and then the next minute says that he's injured to to be a top twenty player. I can't. Not yeah, one we season just talked four, about two. But four seasons, four or five seasons? Come on, Jonathan. We just talked about Harden like being lower because of some off the court stuff. I think that's fine with Kyrie. And I know you're saying that he missed games for different reasons, but like, dude, Harden or I mean Kawhi is like strictly missing it for injuries. And to put him below even his own teammate Paul George, like, whew, I do I disagree. But I, I, I don't know. I get look, I just I I don't have faith in Kawhi anymore. I'm not saying that he can't be that top ten player, but whether it's his body or kind of kind of feels like Tracy McGrady, right? Kind of feels like T Mac a little bit with the injuries. Yeah. Kind of feels like that. Yeah. Anyway, so like I said, Kyrie, he's 20. 19 is Anthony Edwards. Donovan Mitchell's 18. 17 is Jamal Murray. 16 is Jalen Brown. I'm fine with this list. I'm fine with those five, I think. Yeah. I said Kawhi's probably above that, but I think those are like second or third tier, like good second superstar or like good stars on teams. Well, I think out of this group, the person that can make the biggest jump is Anthony Edwards. Yeah, for sure. Felt bad, honestly, putting him where he was at, but I, I, you know, we haven't seen dude through. after you get that yeah after you get to the next 15 i mean it makes sense it's it's hard so 15 john morant and he probably would be like two spots higher if it wasn't for the off the court stuff um zion yeah. is at 14 he's a top 10 if he's healthy simple as that i felt bad i felt so bad about putting jimmy butler at 13 but i did anthony uh, davis is at 12 and dames at 11 yeah so like I know the top 10 and like looking ahead, I just think Anthony Davis is a dude. He could actually be a top three player if healthy. Like that's crazy to say, but like he shrinks though. He, he's Jokic not he's, like, like Steve A. Smith said, he's a roller coaster. He's six flags. He's, he's not always up like last night against, against Nikola Jokic. He didn't even and have you're not wrong. Points. You're not wrong, but he, so, could, so that's like, why I can't he have has the, the talent. 10. I know, but I'm saying he has like top three to five talent, so I think he would make the top ten, but I I understand you placing him here. Yeah. I feel like Jimmy Butler, if we're going purely based off off season, he arguably be a top five player. But regular season counts, and he only plays at an all-star level during the regular season, so I feel like 13's fair. Yeah. Anything else from that group? Are you good? No, I'm good with that. Okay, so this is where it gets really spicy. Okay, because yep. I had a few, saw a few comments on social media regarding this this group right here. So number ten, Kevin Durant. Number nine, Devin Booker. Number eight, Luka Doncic. Number seven, Shea Gilgis Alexander. And number six, LeBron James. Look, at least you're consistent with like the injury or sitting out. Because I think Kevin Durant's better than these players but no you've been consistent throughout so like it makes sense putting him there i think i, I think i think the reason why i put him there though is more about how i think he's going to be used i don't think he's going to be the number one option because he doesn't need to be the number one option yeah, he is a younger he guy be. he should look but if you're trying to save him for the postseason have him be your number two he can do it fair fair he's not it's, look he's 30 what is he 35 now Give it to the young guy who still has fresh legs. He can Fair. we can see it. Devin Booker. We saw it. He can play make. He can shoot. Like he has that Mamba mentality for sure. Now the one that I'm surprised you didn't jump well, out. I, I, wait, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna yeah, I got more. Uh so I think Luca, and I'm not gonna give away your number five, but I think Luca's a top five player. Um, and I think Shea is probably in the, like I think Shea would be six. I'd have Luca five. Or I'd have Luca five. Your number five, I would have at six. I'd have Shea seven. I think LeBron is in that eight nine range, and I love LeBron, but he's gonna start deferring to Anthony Davis. He's he's in his twenty first year. Like I just don't see him as a top six buyer. But I mean, I, and I, I truly think Luca is probably the one that I'd argue the most. Okay, so my counter argument to Luca is this: first off, he's still a horrendous defender. Secondly, he can't play without yeah. the ball. The only thing that he has better than Shea Gilgis Alexander is his three-point shooting. I think 
And, and outside of that, Shea is either equal to or around the same hemisphere, or if not better than Luca in every other category. I would just Play say, me. well, I think he will be in a year. I, I think he I is. Think Look, right I mean, now, we saw if you yeah. brought up FIBA. I, I was thinking about FIBA when I saw this. Shea Gilgis Alexander was a monster in FIBA. And he was a monster last season. He was one of the few players that averaged 30 points per game. And he dragged that OKC team that did not have a real starting center into the play-in. That's fair. I don't think Luka couldn't even make the playoffs with Kyrie Irving. So That's a different issue. I, I've, is it, and I've specifically is said that I think that team has the biggest gap between ceiling and floor of any team in the NBA. Am I, I think my, they can... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I just think they could either be like a really good competitive team in the Western Conference or they could be an absolute like in the lottery. Well, I'll say this about LeBron. It was very hard for me not to have LeBron James a top five player. Let me make that crystal clear. LeBron James in his 21st season, this I made this list before the first regular season game, but Jonathan, he had 21 points on very efficient shooting and still put up really good stats. 29 minutes per game i think lebron james if he had his normal minute load and i think they are load managing him at this point which is fine he's in his 21st season he's 39 years old load manage him but that being said he's still lebron james and the load management is the only reason why i you know and the fact that he's that old is the only reason why i did not have him in the top Five because I think injuries were going to be an issue, whether it be load management or actual injuries. So I I think the only thing that's LeBron James is the Tom Brady of the NBA. Yeah, and I I there's no reason for me to think otherwise. So okay, let's let's get, let's get into the top five. Okay, number five, Steph Curry. Guys, the greatest three point shooter of all time. Arguably top two, top three point guard of all time. No debate there. He's still in his prime. Jason Tatum. Going to be the only guy that probably, outside of his playmaking, elite in every other category. And his playmaking has been getting better, so who knows. Giannis. Greek freak. I will say this. As of now, he's the second best power forward of all time. Behind Tim Duncan. In my opinion. I don't think anybody else touches him at this point. Because I he has more MVPs than Dirk or KG or Carl Malone, if you want to pull Malone in there, or Barkley. He's won an NBA title, which takes the other guys off that list as well. So, yeah, it's him and Tim Duncan. And honestly, depending on how well this Dame trade works, he could pass Duncan. But I will say this, as of now, he's the most physically dominant power forward of all time. Kind of like how Shaq's the most physically dominant center of all time. He's yeah. the most physically dominant power forward of all time. Number two, okay. Sixers reigning MVP, Joel Embiid. Led the league in scoring twice, two years in a row now, one MVP. He might not be the best player, but you know what? MVP, you get second best. And there's nothing that I think would really change that for him. Number one, Nikola Jokic. Finals MVP, and not only that, he was the best player by far in the playoffs. And the, all the worries that, you know, all the things that me and Uri used to point out to Chris about his defense, non-factor. He was good enough to not be unplayable in the playoffs, and that is good enough for me. Uh, there's no reason why he can't continue to dominate the NBA because his game does not rely on athleticism at all. So, yeah. All right, so... Uh, you already know I said I'd have Luka at five. I'd have Tatum at four. Agree with that. I'd have Jokic at one. So the only thing I would switch is Giannis and Embiid. Now, now why totally, would you switch that? I totally understand your argument. But I just think Giannis has proven it in the playoffs more than Embiid has. That's fair. He is physically like dominant and can I, – I, I think he's led his team to a, to a championship where he was clearly the best player on the team. Fair enough. Um, I'm very confident in him. I, I do think you're – it's picking like six one way, half dozen the other. I think it's really close. Uh, Jokic is definitely one, though. But I think all in all, this list is pretty good, and, and you were really consistent throughout. I like to think of myself as a consistent guy, especially because it took me like two weeks to like write. So I took like time in between some writing sessions, like days. So, yeah, no, I appreciate it. 
make sure you, uh, people that are listening, you can always check it out on the Sixer Sense website. But we do have more to talk about, right, Jonathan? Real quick before we, we do. wrap up. Yes. Yeah, so first off, we'll just do quick news. Montrez Harrell was waived. Um, yay. I'm sorry. No, that's not a yay. I mean, just, it kind of is. quick intro will just be, I think you and I were shocked that he was even on the team. Yeah. We both said months ago that he was going to be playing in China. He's waived. I doubt an NBA team picks him up. Maybe they came to the same conclusion we did uh, just later. But what are your thoughts? Well, from my understanding, they, they are still going to help him with his rehab, which is important. I like that. That shows good morality from the organization, integrity. I appreciate that from the organization. But look, it was a smart move. He was unplayable. You can't keep a, a roster spot just like unused. So, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. And I guess they liked what they saw from Danny Green enough to let him go. So makes sense to me. And you already had enough centers anyway with Paul Reed. So, uh, this is a tough one. Who Who's the third string center beside, behind Paul Reed? Dude, I mean, I don't know. It, they think I in Mo Bamba, but like. I, I kind of, I, I don't know. I kind of like Philip Petrusev more at the moment. Well, I guess we'll have to see, but that does get us into projections for lineups. So, first up, we know Harden's not going to be traveling. As we, breaking news, the Sixers start their season tomorrow against the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Who do you expect to see in the starting pod? I mean, it's pretty, I think it's pretty obvious. DeAnthony Melton takes Harden's place. It's going to be Joel, PJ, Tobias, DeAnthony, and Tyrese. I agree with you, but I will say there is an argument to be had for Pat Bev to take that spot. Uh, nah, I think okay. it's Melton, but I just wanted to put that out there. Nah, I, I mean, I can, I understand, and I think if Melton's out, then obviously Pat Bev's up. But I like Melton's. I think Melton's a better, like, okay, Pat Bev is a feisty defender. Melton's a better defender at this point, and a better offensive Fair. player. So. All right, so give me your next five players off the bench. Okay, so with that, let's just go without Harden here. So without Harden. Okay, so Kelly Oubre is obviously there. Paul Reed's there. Pat Bev's there. And then we have two wing spots, right? I think it should be Jaden Springer. And I think, I think to begin the year, based off of what I read from Nick Nurse's comments, I think he's really liking what he saw from Forkong Korkmaz. You know, I was going to say, I think, like you said, it's pretty clear that it's going to be Pat Bev, Oubre, and Reed as like six through eight. Mm-hmm. I think House is going to be nine. Okay. I think 10 is going to come down between Korkmaz and Springer. But like you said, with what Nurse like has implied, I think that Furcon might get minutes over Springer early on in the season. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. And like I said, I like Springer. I think Springer needs to get minutes now. Like, he's done in the G League. He's done cooking in there. Let's let yeah, let's who, take him out of the oven. It, and if Harden comes back, maybe that they don't even care I about mean, yeah, if Harden point. comes back, then I, I think Springer's minutes go away. And I think it's just House as the 10th guy or Korkmaz. I think that just depends. But, yeah, that's fair. All right, well, that brings us to... The end of the podcast, but before I mean, before we leave, is there anything you want to say? We're Sixers basketball starts tomorrow. We're one of the last teams to get kickstarted. So, uh, anything you want to leave the fans with? Um, Jonathan is the biggest troll because he literally named his name his team after the Thunder just to troll Chris this whole entire season. Drafted Thank so you. many people from the Thunder just to mess with Chris. Thank you for plugging that because I, I was not going to say that, but yes, I am. I'm also, I'm, I'm I have winning the, my fantasy night. So my fantasy, uh, my first, uh, or, or the Sixer Sense Fantasy League so far, I'm winning that matchup. Well, I will say I am the reigning champ. And as I've, I'm sure everyone knows, because I say it all the time. And I am the projected to have the least likely team to make the playoffs. Maybe that is because of spite towards Chris, or maybe ESPN doesn't know what they're talking about. And I'm going to come from behind and just show out this year. Well, I, I, I'm going to say it's more of the slight against Chris. But, well, you know, you never know. You never know. Maybe but, both um, can be true. Both can be true, but both can also be untrue. Um, yes. Look, uh, fantasy is going to be fun this year. Uh, maybe we'll start doing that as part of our weekly update. Just like, you know, fantasy. look into oh, fantasy. I don't know that people care about our fantasy teams. I mean, I think they f- care about what Chris is doing. That's fair. 
But I don't know. We'll figure yeah. that out. But uh, besides that, um, look, the tanking Wizards are winning against Indiana right now, which I have playing on in the background. So that's always fun. Kyle Kuzma's hair is the weirdest ever. Um, Celtics suck. And go Sixers. And I will just say I have Celtics on in the background. Chris Steffs, for example, said 15 points in the first, first quarter. Wow. Really? Um, yes, he is balling. Uh, but that is not important. We are Sixers they, podcast. They, they, they had Al Horford come off the bench, right? They did. It's about time. All right. Well, I, my closing words would just be it's been a long offseason, even longer if you're a Sixers fan, super dramatic with Harden and everything. We truly appreciate you guys sticking with us throughout the summer. Um, we know that there can be some downtimes, but we are back. Sixers basketball is back tomorrow. We'll be coming at you twice a week, giving you all our thoughts and updates. So continue to subscribe and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, anywhere you get your podcasts. Please continue to read our articles at the Sixer Sense. We are having tons of articles fire up because the start of the season, and we are so excited, and we know you are too. So thank you again, and until next time, go Sixers. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.